Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready and Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Hi, this is Rahul Reddy. Today is June 8th. Uh, uh, the time is about, uh, sorry, June 7th. The time is about uh, 4.30 p.m. Ready and PC has been conducting Zoom conferences or conference call for past 11 years. If you have any questions, please raise your hand and please fill the Google Sheet. If you fill the Google Sheet, you will get a chance. Otherwise, only after the, those people who fill the Google Sheet will get a chance. And if you're a newcomer, please let our team know that you're a newcomer. Yes, hi. Um, so the question that I had uh, was, my situation is basically my 150 days of empl- uh, unemployment on F1 visa ends on June 8th, and my F1 visa ends in December 2024. I have already applied for my change of status to the H4 visa. Mm-hmm. So my question is, if I get a job offer between June 8th and before my H4 is approved, can I withdraw the H4 application and go back to the F1 status? When is the 150 days expires, you said? June 8th. Um, is it an OPT or is it a STEM extension you are in? STEM extension? No, ma'am. Technically speaking, off, if you're unemployed for more than 150 days, you'll be violating the status. So once you cross 150 days, you, you are not recommended to go to F1 again. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Thank okay. you. Next person, please. Lakshman. Lakshman. Uh, hi, Rahul Edgar. Thank you so much for uh, helping us on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Currently, my wife uh, established a uh, new LLC, LLC on her mm-hmm. yeah LLC on her H four EAD, and she mm-hmm. wanted to sponsor a uh, concurrent H one B for me. It is going to be a first. Uh, uh, I am going to be the first one on that. I LLC. would not. Is I would feasible? not recommend. It's feasible, but it, it's going to complicate though. Especially when the USCIS officers come and visit though, it's going to complicate though. What you could uh-huh. do is, if you have a client, though, route it to the company. Have some other company mm-hmm. file a concurrent H-1B. Mm-hmm. So even that is the, it's not a problem, even one, if, if it is a new LLC, is it? If anybody I, is interested. It, no, we normally recommend to have three indirect employees have an uh-huh. office space where the USCIS officer can come and visit. Okay. So mm-hmm. at this point of time from home, though, what I would do is that from the client, have a contract to your company. Your company will then give a contract to a different consulting company. That would be in your best interest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, got it. Yeah. Next person, please. Thank you. Hi. Yes. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Chris. Um, my son is here on an ESTA. He arrived on the 13th of October last year. And as you know, the ESTA overstay. Three months. Stay mm-hmm. is three months, 90 days. Now, mm-hmm. before he arrived here, he had some mental health issues. Um, mm-hmm. He had a great amount of anxiety getting on the plane. 
mm-hmm. and it's difficult to get him back. So we are seeking, he's now in therapy and we're looking to get him better before he's allowed to... What, what, what visa up. status you are in? Sorry? What visa status you are in? Uh, me, I'm, I'm, I'm an L1, but my son's on an ESTA. He came I to visit it. us. I, I, get, I know, but I, I want to check. How old is your son? My son is 26. Okay, got it. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, so um, he, he, we, we, need, we, need to, uh, we need to find out if there's any way we can, how we can get his status changed so he can to. reapply for a visa when, when he goes back to the UK. Because I spoke to someone else, they talked about a forgiveness form. Yeah, what kind of documents we need to provide from a doctor saying he's been treated, that kind of stuff. Yeah, he can, apply for the, he can apply for the visa next time since he violated ESTA, though. He can't come on that. And in, when he applies for the visa at that point of time, he can provide all the documents what you have stated, though. Typically, they do approve the B2 visa if you give the medical documents. The reason why he could come there was because of the medical issues. So they normally give a B2 visa. But depends okay. on the consular officer. Sometimes they may not. Okay, and just but one final question: What are the, you, what are the penalties? What are the penalties for overstaying? Because he's been here now for two hundred and seventy-three days. If it is under so two two hundred thirty-seven. If it is if it is under three hundred and sixty-five days, though, okay. If it's under three hundred and sixty-five days, um, yep. the penalty is three years bar of coming into the United States. Uh, okay. Of course, he cannot come on extra. He has to apply for Of course, visa. yeah. Yeah. And if you and if he stays for more than 365 days without authorization, then the bar is actually 10 years. But typically okay. they do waive the bars. Okay, so if we apply for some kind of um exception now while he's here, that no, might that might help. You have to do you have no, to can't do, do it when he goes to the consulate. He has to do it when he goes okay. to the consulate. Okay, but at the moment. As long as he's here for less than a year, it'll be a three-year bar. But would that mean he won't be able to apply for a visa for three years? That's right. He can if he applies for the waiver. Okay, so, and how does he apply for the waiver? Is that at the embassy Um, as well? That's, Chris, it's going to take a long time to discuss about it, though. This conference call is only for like two minutes. minutes. I'll I'll have a separate session with you. I'll have a separate session. Okay. Okay, then. We'll book my an colleague, yeah, my colleague will uh, give you the link for it. Next person, please. Adesh Kumar. Uh, hi, Reddy, sir. My question to you was that recently a company was ready to extend an offer to me. I, w- mm-hmm. I have switched to a B2 pending status after my layoff with a, on an H1B. Mm-hmm. But they're mm-hmm. saying that for all those candidates who switch to B2 and their status mm-hmm. is pending, USCIS is issuing RFEs for their H-1B change of employer petition. So like they have, uh, they've started, and this has happened with them with three candidates. And because of because earlier people could join on receipt. Now with this, they need an actual approval uh, before they could start work. So companies are denying B-2 pending status candidates offers or entering them into the interview pipeline. Are you observing anything on that line? Um, one thing, B-2 was a problem before. It's not a problem now. It's the other way around. Previously, if we were to take any B2 application, 
we were hesitant in taking it. When we represent the company, we used to say, hey, it's a problem for you to take B2 applicants. But right now we are telling otherwise. You are telling okay, the reverse so, thing though. But they're saying that RFE, now because of the latest change, it should be fine. But then they're saying RFEs are being issued for those who are trying to switch from B2 to- I have, not, I, have, I have not noticed it. I will not okay. take your information first time because it's not you who got it. Okay. Next person, please. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Likita, go ahead. Uh, hi, sorry. Uh, so I um, I did my master's here. So I was on my initial OPT where my H1 got picked. Uh, but then the issue was uh, the employer who I, I was with, let's say uh, it is company A, I was with them uh, in my OPT period. So they filed like uh, two H1Bs, one uh, uh, with their sister company uh, under regular basis and one was in the master's cap. But then mm -hmm. I had another opportunity. So I, mm -hmm. I was having my H1 pick there as well. So I took that opportunity up and withdrew these two uh, uh, H1Bs where uh, even so, though it so got picked. technically you got applied three H1Bs, company A, company B, and company C. You were working yeah. with company A and company B was company A's relative and company C, you got an offer, okay? Yeah, so I left company A and B and took offer from uh, company C. Is that company C offer, is that, mm -hmm. uh, was that a consulting company, company C? It was a consulting company, but then they were no way related. It was different job opportunity no, I got. Okay, the job opportunity that you were working in March was different than that of the company C. One. Yes, yes. Okay, but go, go but, ahead with your question. Right now, I have a full-time opportunity where uh, I have to initiate my H-1B transfer. But then I am curious because of the situations right now. I've been hearing a lot of news. So I wanted to know if I will be affected in any way or is there anything that um, I have to take depends, care of? It depends on this company C. How, how good is this company C? How many people they file H1Bs? Uh, so this is a pretty small company, mid-sized company. That's not the question. So they have, like, I asked you a question. Do you know how many people they file the H1B in the lottery? So probably 20, uh, maybe last year, 20 people. What's the company's name? Company C. Uh, sorry, I cannot uh, give away that. Okay, so the, the, yeah, the information, the problem is it depends on the company. If the company has not filed for a lot of people, they only filed for you who is not mm -hmm. working for the company, then I don't have a problem. But if okay. they have filed for a lot of people and you are just one of the person and then mm -hmm. they file for a lot of other people, then it becomes a problem for you. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay. Next person, please. Hello. Hi, Rahul. Thank you so much for all the effort you guys put in for, for supporting the community. Sure. Um, uh, I have a question. It's a little complicated. So I have an I-140 approved from my ex-employer and looks like they have, due to some audit issues, they withdraw that application before six months, but the actual withdrawal went, uh, went through after the six months period. And now that I-140 is extremely important to me because I am already into my seventh year with approved perm. And now I will need that I-140 to apply for my H-1 extension and my H wife's H-4 and H-4 EAD, which is already mm -hmm. applied but um, mm -hmm. there, we got RFE, but we don't know what that RFE is yet. What what does USCIS usually consider for withdrawal rate? Is it the date when they applied for the withdrawal or the date which went through? When they received it, though. 
you will be able to find out if you file a freedom of information, you'll be able to find out which day it's been actually been withdrawn. So on the USCIS portal, everywhere I see- No, even on the portal, F-O-I-A-U-S-C-I-S. You have to fill a form and they will, uh, they will give you the copy of the I-140 petition. They will tell you on which day it's going to be withdrawn. I'll give you a link of it. You can check with that, okay? Okay, and one more follow-up question. So, so just in case if they consider the withdrawal date as the date before the six months date, how, how do I use that I-140? Do you think that discretion, USCIS discretionally up, discretion will help me get the approval because uh, the- it will, depend on, it, will, it will depend on the officer. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Next person, please. Oh, just one last Why did you, um, well, you, you said that one last thing before. <laughs> no, next this is about next. Manoj. Hi, Rahul, uh, sir. Good morning. Actually, good afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, my question is I uh, filed a uh, 485 in 2020. Uh, unfortunately, the date got current, but it never yeah, You're current. saying you have provided the non availability certificate, but still got yes. an RFE. Hmm. Yes, That's I good. provided non availability certificate uh, uh, as from the municipal, municipal place uh, with the register stamp on it and uh, affidavits, but I still got an RFP that saying this proof is not sufficient. Um, I, will, uh, I will also provide them Aadhaar card, PAN card, ration card, election card, uh, school records, birth certificate from the hospital, any of those things what I listed there right now, uh, I will provide them and then I will explain them in the, in the, in the cover letter saying that, look, uh, uh, according to the Foreign Affairs Manual, though, this is an acceptable proof which is non-available to certificate and two affidavits. Uh, is there some cover letter uh, sample which is available on uh, no. your website? No. no, it's not there. Uh, okay. Next person. Uh, Thank you. Okay. I'll give you the link of the list of documents, though, that you can take. I would I would recommend to have it responded by a lawyer. Don't do it by yourself. Lokesh, go ahead. Hi. Uh, so, um, do you want me to explain the question? No, I have it. Uh, um, current employment, last day of employment is March 20th. Uh, I'm on currently in a fund stem OPT stem. I need to travel to India for family emergency within the 150 days period. Want to check if I can enter. So, you don't have any job to come back. Yeah. Uh, you will be risking too much in coming back. Okay. So is there a way, like if I have a job offer letter? Uh, is it a real job? Yes. If it's a real uh, job, yes. And even if I have not joined, um, like just in, in future, like... But yeah, but is it a real job, not a fake job? Yeah, yeah it will be a real job. Yeah, then it's fine. Okay. And you're saying like, if I don't have anything, it might be difficult for me to enter? Right. Next person, please. Okay. Hello, can yes. you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Hi, Guys, hi, uh, we have less number of people who filled out the uh, filled out the Google Sheet. So if you fill out the Google Sheet, you will get a chance. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Rahul. Uh, my question is regarding my H-1B. So my mm -hmm. H-1, I work for a 3PL company. So we are into mm -hmm. warehousing. Mm -hmm. And mostly the warehouses are on the East Coast side. My mm -hmm. H-1B is filed for a location in Michigan. And... Mm -hmm. Mostly I travel three weeks out of four weeks in a month. 
now uh, i was i was having question regarding the h1b situation where you cannot so stay you, away from you, your location do you go 3 weeks to one location or to different location uh so depends on the project i could i could go back to back uh to a location uh for 3 weeks or maybe different locations so do you have a fixed location you have a flexible locations uh uh what do you mean by that sir can you can you tell the three loca- do you, like do you know the three locations uh, yes varies? yes so it, um it varies like uh, wherever we have warehouse i have to travel to those locations how many how many warehouses you have uh around i have traveled to maybe around 6 7 warehouses so you travel to 6 7 well when you file the h1b though you can list all six of them in there all locations okay um i i, I don't know if they have done that i i might have to ask for the lca copy of it but just wanted okay. to make sure uh, will i get in trouble in future for this if if they might have just filed it for the one location i don't i mean under what you are speaking how you are speaking though i don't think I don't think you'll be in trouble. I don't think you'll okay. be in trouble. Okay. Next person, okay. please. Thank Veda. You. Hi, sir. Uh, this is Veda. Uh, so, like, uh, last uh, two weeks ago, I have uh, just reached the US. So, I have checked the I ninety four. In that, there is a uh, mistake in my name. Like, uh, there is no space between my name. So, what can I do? Like, uh, any options? What what do you want to do? Like I I care? want to correct uh, my name there. Uh, in passport Why? is it written? Why? Because in passport there there is one format and in. So so I got the point, but what are you going to achieve by doing it? Uh, I think uh, if we submit a document uh, for I ninety four, there might be a problem. So no, just want to put the the one form. When you when you when you file the extension, you can do that. You don't have to do it right now. Okay. 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 The sky, the sky is not falling. Nothing is going to happen. When you file the extension, you just correct it. That's it. Okay. Okay. Sir. Okay. Sure. Next Anna? person. Anna. Anna, you need to. You need to. Not bad at all. Hi. Um. So I have uh, mentioned my question there on the Google sheet. I'm writing to get you a solution. My employer did not receive the mail. They sought the RFP online via mail in USA, but they have yet to receive the response. First and foremost, I want to know what other options you have for receiving the RFP. How much time it's going to? You have a four eight five from a previous employer. Uh, previous employer. However, I'm not working with that company when I filed the four eight five. Please read it. Second job last year working in H one B. So I wanted to know whether there is a problem with H one B. Let's say, yeah, you can use the four eight five EAD. How does it matter? I don't uh, so like H one Bs. I don't know why people. If you have a AOS EAD, why are you going for H one Bs? So I did not work with that company at the time of filing, and there is some rule for the job portability. There is some rule, right? No, ma'am. You don't have to work. For job portability, you don't have to. You only need to have a job offer. You don't need to be working for that company. So I'm good to There's use AD no... for any company. Mm-hmm. You can. Let me okay. see if I yeah. can attach a document to it. Let me see. 
if I can attach a document. Uh, there is a memo from USCIS that says that you only need to have a job offer. You don't, don't need to be working for that company now. Okay, but if you have more doubts, you can have a consultation. I will explain to you, I'll give you the memo, okay? Next person, please. Ketan. Ketan. Hey, thanks Rahul for taking the call. I have one quick question. So I'm on L1B uh, and we have discussed mm -hmm. this uh, I just wanted to check if you know my company starts filing my uh, green card in EB two category. So I need to move uh, to H one B in uh, the before my five years term five ends. Years. That is right. Even though you have an I one forty approval, you can't extend the L one B visa more than five years. Okay, so I have to any time between this four years. Uh, I have already completed one year, so I, in four years I have to switch to H one B. I have to you know apply for the lottery. That is right. But while you're doing it, you can apply for the I-140 though. Okay. Uh, so you mean uh, if I apply for I-140, if it's approved, I don't have to go to H-1B or I have still have to? You still have to go to H-1B. Got it. Okay. But don't delay the I-140 because what if the fifth year you get it and you don't have time to file the I-140? You got get it. my point? Yeah, I, I got that. Yeah. Thank, thanks for answering that, Rahul. Thanks so much. Karthik. Next question. Karthik. Uh, thank you, Rahul. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead, Karthik. A, a quick question. on uh, I'm on H1. My wife is on H4. Uh, mm -hmm. We have 485 filed and EADs. And mm -hmm. my wife, if my wife starts working on EAD uh, mm -hmm. and when my H1 is expiring, my company will definitely file, like the lawyer says, to file H1, H4, H4 EAD extensions. So mm -hmm. can we file at that time even if my wife started working on uh, EOS, yeah, EAD? you can. You can. Okay. Thank you very much. And we, we don't need to tell the lawyer that and my wife started working on AOS EAD. But doesn't she have H4 EAD then? Uh, we did not extend it because she had AOS EAD. So we did not extend her H4 EAD. So yeah, now she doesn't have it. That's okay. You don't have to mention anything. You're fine. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Eddy. Um, you have always been a full-time employee. My H1 is maxing out in 3.5 months. I got laid up this March. I joined a consulting room last month and they filed the H1B transfer and the GC. Yeah. So, um, yeah, last month I joined a consulting firm and they had a job opening for which they did an H1 transfer. And what, um, what about the, so are you on the payroll right now or are you not on the payroll? I'm not on the payroll. We are looking for opportunities, job opportunities. And this is the first time I'm with a consulting firm. So I'm very skeptical on what's right and or not. And and what, what they suggested me is we look for a job, we look for a remote job. And once your H1B maxes out in September and you could go to Canada and work from there, they have a, uh, they have a location and office there. Or otherwise, go to India, wait till I-140 is approved, and then get stamping and H-1B extension and come back. So it looks very skeptical to me. Is, is it all very rosy? Um, there are some wrong things what they're doing, but there are some good things what they're doing. One thing is that, that even though you are outside the country, they can still process I-140 for you. Mm -hmm. Do I need to be on an, any active job uh, for that? With the same no, company? You, no, you, you can be in India. They can still, you don't have to be with them. You don't have to be working for them okay. uh, for you to actually do a job. I mean, you don't have to be on a job with them. Okay. Okay. So, so will I be able to come back? Uh, like, 
what they're saying is for stamping after I-140, um, they can apply for H-1B extension and then I can come back here. So do I need to find a job before that? And I'm, am I eligible yeah. to do that? Being you in India? To, you, yeah, you have to find a job before you come here, ma'am. That's for sure. Okay. And when does okay. the payroll needs to be initiated? Right now, my transfer is going on. It's not approved yet. It's uh, within 60 days after you leave the first job, you're supposed to be on the payroll of the second company. Okay. Okay. My 60 days is over. I My receipt has arrived for yeah. H1 transfer. Yeah. But and what, do you have H4 option? No, I don't. Okay. You should make an appointment and we can go over all the options for you, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, One perfect. thing is good what you're doing is that is that the company consulting companies are good in filing the green cards when you are not working for the company. But the, the other companies, like for example, Microsoft or Uber or some companies, they won't do it. They would actually, mm -hmm. they would actually uh, if you leave the company, they won't file it. And you have to leave one week in your six years before you go to Canada or to India. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have yeah. an option of even converting into B2 or F1 too. So you can discuss mm. all the options when you consult with me. Next person, please. Thanks. Uh, hi. Uh, so sorry to bother you again. Uh, so I was asking my question just a while ago, right? So I had my H1B picked from three places and I picked company C. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to know, uh, when you said it depends on the company who is filing, is it my existing mm -hmm. employer or the full-time opportunity that I'm going to take? No, it has nothing to do with the full-time opportunity. Though. Your existing employer. Okay. Okay. It has nothing so, to do with the company that you're going to go. Okay, so it depends on the company what I'm working for right now? That's right. The one that filed for the H-1B lottery. If that company okay, so is not good, you will be in trouble. If the company is good, then you don't have any trouble. The company you're going is irrelevant. Even if the company you're going is Microsoft or Apple, it's not relevant. Okay. So it depends on the H-1B currently I am on. That's right. The one that filed in the H-1B okay. lottery. So Next. I won't be uh, like my previous pick picked would not be uh, affecting me right now, right? Which I withdrew. Um, even that may affect you. You file with three companies, right? Company yeah. A, company B, and company C. Yeah, it, yeah. It, even that may affect you. In the long run, that may affect you. Okay. For, okay. 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 Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Next AK. AK. I'll take the last caller, guys. As nobody is filling the Google sheet, so. Kartik. Uh, Thank you, Rahul. Uh, I just wanted to ask another question since no one is asking. Uh, about the general question, about applying EAD, uh, AYC EAD and advanced parole more than uh, before, more, more than six months ahead of the expiry date. Uh, and I, I heard in one of your calls that uh, you have a success recently. My question is, uh, like you, you always say, if we make a mistake, USCS make a mistake, we this going to suffer. This is not a mistake. This is fine. Uh, so USCS does not like say okay okay so they don't have a rule that we have to apply within six months they have a rule but if we break the rule they won't mind it we did we did break the rule for the h4 ead and they didn't care all the people filed it everybody files it yeah my so question is like fine. in future do they go back and say that you made a mistake not, and no not for this kind of okay okay yeah okay thank you very much yeah if you don't have an adjustment of status and you file an ead ah 
is a problem. Oh, makes right? sense. Thanks. That's what they did in duplicate filing. And that's what we say about the day one CPTs also. But we don't say about this. So it's not wrong or anything like that. Thank you guys for coming. The next conference call will be tomorrow at 11.30. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.